Michael Vaughn. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek. And if you've been watching for the past few weeks, you've seen me go through three chapters in the Fellowship of the Ring that basically got entirely cut out of Peter Jackson's movies. And I just kind of wanted to end the series by going over a few things that I think make those chapters important, even though they don't necessarily push the main plot of the story forward. So, I mean, they don't, they don't really, you don't really lose a whole lot of the plot by taking them out, but I think you do lose a lot of interesting character development and some other interesting things that really help to build out Tolkien's world, and I just want to go over some of those. So, let's get started. First thing to note is, of course, the fact that between the Shire and Bree, so many different events happen that give you glimpses of the bigger, broader world that the Lord of the Rings is set in. And that's part of what gives the Lord of the Rings such a, a heavy dose of realism that makes the suspension of disbelief that much easier in the novels. So you've got Tom Bombadil telling them about all the history. and You get really short glimpses. There's no real detail, but he talks about kingdoms falling and all these different things that happened in the past, and it's very definitely about the real history of Middle-earth that he's that he's telling them. And so you get glimpses of, you know, there's there's history behind all this. You you know, it, it isn't just you get slapped into the middle of this story that could be anywhere at any time. There's a very definite past which sets the stage for what's going on. You also get all these different events, like, you know, meeting Old Man Willow that show you that there's all these different things out there in the world that the hobbits aren't familiar with that, you know, they're having to adjust their their entire approach to the to this adventure to accommodate for the fact that there's, you know, there's really, really hostile things out there and they're not even just the kinds of hostile things they expected, like actual servants of Sauron. Uh, and then, of course, you have Tom Bombadil himself, who just, what is Tom Bombadil? I mean, nobody really knows what Tom Bombadil is and Tolkien left it that way intentionally. He adds another layer of, there are things in this world that I'm not going to bother to explain, but um, it, again, it adds to that level of, there's more than just, you know, these characters against those characters and that's it. It's There's a lot more detail and richness when you throw in these chapters because there's just so many more things added in. And of course, the Barrow Downs, that again goes back to the idea of the history because the Barrow Downs are themselves part of the history of Arnor. And of course, I, I linked to the history of Arnor in the Barrow Downs video, uh, so you can go check that out. And the idea, of course, there is, I mean, it even makes an explicit reference to the Barrow Downs in the Tom Bombadil chapter where he's telling them about that, and then you actually get to experience it. And so you really get that connection of, not only is there a history, but the hobbits kind of fall into a little piece of it before they finally, you know, get out of the out of the out of the woods, figuratively and literally. Uh, so there's a lot going on there, just in terms of the world building, that really gets you involved in the story in a, in a different way than just following along the plot. So that's one thing that I think was important. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the character development that goes on. So at this point in the novel, of course, the only characters we really have to deal with on a regular basis are the four hobbits, Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin. Now, there's not a whole lot of character development in the sense that you don't learn 
a whole lot about their backstory or anything like that. But you do start to get ideas of how they act in given situations. You do kind of start to figure out, you know, Sam is very much the practical minded, you know, commonsensical type, even if he is sometimes a little, a little slow on the uptake, you get, um, part of this comes earlier even than, than these chapters, but Mary and Pippin, you realize are both kind of lighthearted, but also have serious sides to them, especially Mary. Mary seems to know quite a lot, especially about the old forest, since it's something that he grew up near to in, you know, all his life. But you definitely get the idea that he's a fairly sober-minded individual, whereas in the movie, he's just kind of, he and Pippin are always kind of the the comic relief of the hobbits in the sense that they're the ones that are always kind of getting into mischievous trouble. Sam is a different type of comic relief. He just kind of ends up being kind of silly because of his lack of intelligence to some extent. Um, Frodo, of course, you get a lot more of because he's the main one that gets most of the focus, but a lot of it just ends up being, you know, you, you start to see him interacting with the world at large and the ring. So for example, in the, in the instance where Tom Bombadil actually takes the ring, puts it on, throws it up and then makes it seem to disappear and then gives it back to Frodo. You can see that starting to play on him a little bit when Frodo decides I'm going to put the ring on and make sure it's the real thing. So, I mean, you can kind of, you're starting to see how the ring kind of plays on subtle emotions and desires to, to get you to do what the ring wants you to do as opposed to what you ought to do. So there's things going on there. And even in terms of the ring and its workings that you don't really get a whole lot of in the movie, at least not in as many nuanced situations. So there's a lot of character development and things like that going on. And to really get it all, I mean, you'd have to read the actual chapters because there's just too many things going on. But it, it's interesting to see how the, the hobbits are leaving the Shire and they realize they're setting out on a dangerous adventure. But it's not really until you get into these chapters that they really start encountering real hazards and they start, you know, kind of growing as people and finding out this is really serious. We've got to be really careful out here. And that's another thing about these chapters is it's kind of the, it's, it gives the hobbits their first real opportunities to face any dangers. And it's really the only time in the entire novel that you get the hobbits as a foursome facing these dangers by themselves. Ultimately, of course, Frodo and Sam end up by themselves and face a lot of dangers on their own. But as a group of four hobbits, this is the only time that they're really alone facing the, the hazards of the world and, and on this venture by themselves. So it's interesting in that regard, too, just because you don't, you know, ever since then you get, you know, Argorn finally meets them and he's watching out for them and then they're with the Fellowship. And then, you know, Merry and Pippin are always with other people after that point. So, you know, they're they're really getting their independence here. They're They're showing what they're capable of just as hobbits. And they, you know, that, that continues to grow throughout the novels because even later on, Mary and Pippin are doing pretty impressive things in the company of other people and thus, you know, in a, in a, in some ways a more protected environment, but it's partially because of the things that they've already been through that they can do that. So it really kind of sets us a, a backdrop for a lot of the events that come along later because they kind of learn 
their courage and what they're capable of in these chapters. So that's some character development and whatnot. Uh, and that's really the main things that I wanted to talk about here. It's just that the, you know, I kind of wanted to round out the series of videos by talking about, you know, why is all this important if it doesn't move the plot forward? So that's what I wanted to get done here. So I hope that kind of explains why I've been on this three video series about the Old Forest and Tom Bombadil and the Barrow Downs. It's a really interesting transitional period. If you've not read the novels, it's really worth exploring because it gives you a lot more material to work with in terms of really thinking about how, who the hobbits are, how they react to the world and things like that. It's a lot more, you know, in the movie it just kind of jumps from they're in the Shire and then the Black Riders show up and then they run and then they're in Bree. And it, you don't really get a whole lot of anything going on in between there, whereas in the novels you get a lot more interesting things going on. And so it's really worth exploring just to see, you know, this is what the hobbits are like on their own. And there's even plenty in the Shire that happens. I'll have to do another video just on the movement through the Shire at some point, because there's actually a lot more to that even in the novels than in Peter Jackson's movies. So anyway, if you like the video and it hopefully makes you want to go and read the actual novel if you haven't already, uh, then please give me a like. Please also subscribe if you want to learn more about Lord of the Rings or anything else that Tolkien wrote, did, or had interactions with in the world. And you can also follow me at Twitter at J-R-R-T Lore. And until next time, this is the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye.